We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. It's the Friday of election week and we still don't know who's going to control the Senate. Oh, Republicans may gain the House, we think we might, but we still don't even know that for sure. But the Senate still hangs in the balance with a couple runoff elections in the offing. Does this all sound familiar? Does it sound like deja vu, 2020 played all over again? Why in the world didn't we have a red wave? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thank you so much for listening into the show. A special shout out right now to all of you who listen on a routine basis. Thank you for your loyalty and thank you for supporting us. For all of you, whether you listen on a routine basis or just pop in once in a while, or maybe this is the first time you've heard the show, please consider, especially if you listen to it via podcast, uh, again, if you don't know, this this show, this program, airs live on KOKL Radio down in Okmulgee. And uh, I'm very thankful to Brooks Brewer and the brew down there for hosting this show. Grateful for that. I'm grateful for Tetford Insurance and Patriot Auto Group for supporting us and being sponsors of the Rebellion. Thank you to all. Now, if you listen to it via that particular outlet, great. Continue to do so. If you listen to it via the podcast version, which you can access on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, if you listen to it there, please consider copying links to your favorite programs, your favorite shows, and then posting those links out there on your social media. And also flag some of your friends so that they are aware of the show and our listenership grows. Thanks for all your support. So today's topic... I'm going to frustrate some of you. I'm just warning you, giving you a heads up right now. Okay? So, trigger warning. Okay? I'm going to be critical today. I'm going to be critical of one of our own. More than one of our own. I'm going to be critical of Republican leaders. I'm going to be critical of Donald Trump. Now, you know, if you listen to the show at all this week, yesterday I took a person to task for her Trump derangement syndrome. There's a woman from California who sent me a note just taking me to the woodshed for suggesting that Democrats can't be Christians and Christians can't be Democrats because of the Democrat platform right now. She said that I was a terrible human being and that my argument was vacuous and shallow and she sent me a hard copy letter all the way from the crazy land of California to defend her position. And you know that I immediately castigated her and dissected her argument. And I did so by saying, would you please stop the Trump derangement syndrome? My criticism of the Democrat platform had nothing to do with Trump. I didn't mention Trump. There was nothing in there that would have suggested whether I vote for Trump or don't vote for Trump. My argument was, you can't be a Christian. You can't claim to be a follower of Christ while you continue to vote for killing babies castrating boys, removing girls' breasts, 
and pumping pornography into our schools. These are bad things. These are causing little ones to stumble. Jesus said it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and be cast into the depths of the sea than to cause little ones to stumble. So I hope that we can all agree that these debauched ideas, these policies of the Democrat platform, of what Democrats stand for, abortion on demand, the trans lunacy of trans surgery on minors, and this pornography that we're pumping into our schools via books such as Toni Morrison's The Bluest Eyes and Maya Kababi's Genderqueer. I mean, this is garbage pure and simple. Not to mention the other stuff like critical race theory, which teaches our students, our kids, our progeny, the next generation to judge people by the color of their skin rather than the content of their character. Social emotional learning, which teaches our kids to fixate on their emotions rather than try to pursue truth and learn what's real and factual. Uh, The evidence, the empirical evidence before their very eyes rather than worshiping their feelings. It's the exact opposite. Our schools are teaching the exact opposite of what Ben Shapiro says when he says the facts don't care about your feelings. Our schools, via social emotional learning, are teaching our students that our, their, their feelings don't care about the facts, and that's the way they should live their lives. This is garbage, pure and simple, and we're suffering for it at the voting booth right now. Well, anyway, the left's response to a conservative argument, such as the one I made on whether or not Christian Democrat is an oxymoron based on the policies of the Democrat Party. The left's response is always to do what this woman did when she sent me this letter. It's predictable as the sunrise. It's TDS. It's Trump derangement syndrome. They always say, yeah, but Trump, orange man bad. Trump does this. Trump did that. You people worship Trump. My argument against the debauch policies of the Democrat Party My argument has nothing to do with Trump. Zero. Zip. Nothing. So stop talking about him. Please, you people on the left, stop your TDS. But what I'm going to suggest in the second half of the show today is that we conservatives need to stop the same thing. We have TDS. We have Trump derangement syndrome. And it's hurting us. And we need to recognize it. You can't cure a disease if you deny its symptoms. If you just ignore the reality that something's wrong with the body, in this case, the body politic, there's something wrong. We have a disease. We're living in la-la land. We're delusional. We either have a tumor, a physical disease of brain, or we have a disease that's ideological. We have a disease of ideas. And why do I say that? We should have taken every race across the country, and we didn't. And now we're down to this deja vu moment right now in Georgia with runoff elections, and the same thing's happening over and over again. And the conservatives are saying, yeah, but Trump. Trump should have nothing to do with this. And frankly, his behavior right now is the same as it was in 2020. And I'm going to argue... You're going to get mad at me. Some of you, some of you will applaud. Some of you will get frustrated. But I encourage all of you, don't tune out. Listen to my argument. Listen to what I'm I'm saying. Don't resort to the conservative end of the continuum on TDS. Surely conservatives recognize that we can criticize our own. And that's what makes us different and better than our opponents. I'm going to argue after the break that Trump's doing the same thing 
right now. The exact same thing. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. Trump's behavior in 2020 was to focus on himself and do very little in the runoff elections in Georgia. And as the result, two incumbent senators lost to up-and-coming leftists, Marxists, socialists, some of the most liberal senators that we have in the nation right now. Harkin from Georgia? A red state? And why did this happen? Now, you can say that it's voter fraud, and it may be. I've said before, I don't know. I don't know how much fraud there's there. There is fraud. I don't dispute that. But I kind of side with Ben Shapiro. We just don't know that there's enough of it to sway an election. But when it's close, it may sway the election. And maybe it did take place in several states across the land. And I surely agree we should be investigating it robustly. And the left, when they say, oh, we're not even going to talk about it, that's garbage. They talk about it all the time. Stacey Abrams talks about voter fraud all the time. Hillary Clinton talked about voter fraud all the time. I mean, the left is off their rocker when they accuse you and me of being fixated on voter fraud or voter integrity. I'm not criticizing that at all. I stand with you. I stand with you in making sure that our elections are clean and accurate and honest. And I think 2020 highlighted innumerable problems. But here is a fact. If Donald Trump would have come out and supported two incumbent senators during their runoff elections in Georgia, arguably, we would enjoy a majority in the Senate right now, and we could have stopped Joe Biden in his tracks. But Donald Trump didn't do anything. And as a result... Purdue lost and Loeffler lost. Purdue to Ossoff and Loeffler to Warnock. And Georgia now has two of the most radical socialists, neo-Marxists, in our United States Senate right now as a result of that. And it's in danger. We are in danger of watching it happen again. Deja vu. Because Donald Trump is coming out swinging post-election, fixated on himself, criticizing rather than supporting leaders of the Republican Party. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Please stay tuned. If you're mad, good. It causes you to stay engaged. But consider my argument. And then if you want to debate, debate rationally, not emotionally, because the facts don't care about your opinions. The facts don't care about your feelings. Let's take a break. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle 
And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance, and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So, um, I want you to consider some facts. All right, Why did we think that there would be a red wave? Ask yourself that question. And then we need to answer the question honestly as to why we didn't get one. Now, I'm not in the camp where I'm claiming that we lost everything and that this was you know, a time of no celebration. For example, in Oklahoma, Governor Stitt was in some polls losing going into Election Day, and he beat Joy Hoffmeister by 15 points or thereabout. Ryan Walters won our superintendent for public instruction position here in Oklahoma, which is a great win. So we had conservative victories here in Oklahoma. On a small scale, but yet I've argued over and over again that local local politics, local offices like city council, county commissioner, mayor, and whatnot, I've argued over and over again that these are very important races. I'm blessed that I got 74% to 26% in my election for a county commissioner here in Osage County, Oklahoma. So we had some conservative victories with people that weren't afraid to be conservative Conservative in a way that Donald Trump is not. For example, here in Oklahoma, Governor Stitt, Ryan Walters, both were overtly Christian, uh, stood for sexual normalcy rather than sexual nihilism in a way that Donald Trump does not. And you say, well, how do you know he? Well, I've been with him. I've asked him questions. I know what he says about this stuff. So I'm not going to back down from my claim that while Donald Trump defended my right to be a conservative Christian, while he defended my right to stand for sexual morality rather than be being overwhelmed by policies that require me to bow at the altar of sexual nihilism, yes, he defended my right to be Christian, and I'm grateful for it, and I've said that before. However, Donald Trump does not share those same views. And I know that for a fact because I've been with him and I've asked questions. I've shared those stories with you before. Don't have time to belabor them again now. So we had victories here in Oklahoma from an overtly Christian governor who said so and an overtly uh, Christian superintendent for public instruction, Ryan Walters, and he said so. Both of these candidates stood for a Judeo-Christian eth ethic, Christian morality, essentially, and they, they didn't apologize for it, and they won, as Donald Trump would say, bigly. And again, I did not apologize for anything that I stand for. I kept producing these broadcasts on a daily basis throughout the course of a campaign, probably much to the chagrin of some of my advisors, because I didn't pull any punches on the rainbow debates. This lunacy of drag queens in our public parks here in the heartland, etc., criticized it forthrightly, and I wouldn't back down, and we won, like I said, 74% to 26%. But that's not the case nationwide. I mean, as I'm broadcasting Friday after the election, we still don't know for sure if we've even got the House. Probably, but we don't know. And the Senate, it's up for grabs. 
It's a very, very similar discussion to what we had in 2020. Well, why? And don't resort to election fraud. Don't go there right now, because if election fraud is the answer, then why did Governor Stitt win by 15? Ryan Walters by about the same. Why? Why did we have conservative victories in some places, but yet not in others? And I'm sure there's an answer, but we need to consider we need to consider at least one answer, and that is we're not doing something right. I mean, stop and think about the facts that we had. Republicans had the most favorable political environment that we've ever had, quite frankly. 80% of Americans say that we're on the wrong track. 80%. 8 out of 10 people say that America's on the wrong track. 42% support President Biden. Only 42% support Biden. And only 38% support Vice President Harris. Democrats, under Harris and Biden, and Pelosi and Schumer, and AOC and the mob, the cabal, the rainbow elitists, the oligarchs in San Francisco, Washington, D.C., and New York City, under these people... We have the, the highest inflation rate in 40 years. And Americans told us going into this election that that was the number one election issue for them. So I'm going to repeat. 80% of Americans say we're on the wrong track. 42%. Only 42%. Only slightly more than 4 out of 10 people support President Biden. Fewer than that. 38% support Vice President Harris. Democrats have caused the highest inflation in 40 years. And the American public said repeatedly in survey after survey that that was the number one issue going into this election. Gas and fuel prices are sky high. Food prices are going through the roof. And Democrats continue the stupid stuff of, of doubling down on their war on fossil fuels on fracking and drilling for oil, natural gas, coal. I mean, this is stuff that they continue to double down and say, we're going to stop all of this. We're going to run the nation on windmills. It, Democrats are anti-police. Defund the police? Can anyone dispute that that terrible idea of defunding your police force can anyone dispute that it, that, that it hasn't contributed to rampant crime and murder and epidemic levels of, of criminal activity, destruction, pillaging in major cities across the nation? I mean, stop and think about it. Kenosha, Seattle, Portland, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Baltimore. The list goes on. Do you, do you think that the American people have forgotten that this garbage was taking place? And then let's talk and, or stop and talk about the open border policy that Biden and the Democrats hold to right now. That open border policy has led to 100,000-plus fentanyl illegal drug deaths in 2021 alone. Largely, why? Because the Mexican cartels are using the open border to bring fentanyl and other illegal drugs, these pills, not just marijuana, not just cocaine. No, they're also bringing pills in from China across the border. That's a fact. That's not speculation. Since Joe Biden became president, at least 
Five million illegal aliens have responded to his open border invitation to invade our country. You can't be a country without borders. You can't have a house without walls. Even the Vatican, even the Vatican with liberal Pope Francis has a wall around it and there's a reason for it. Yeah, there's a wall separating church from state. The wall is there to protect the church from the state. Yes, there are borders surrounding the United States and it's there to define our country so that those who have illegal interests are stopped and they have to be processed into the country legally or they have to be turned back and told to go home. There's nothing xenophobic about saying that. It's crazy talk to suggest that we should just have open borders. And we've got 5 million, at least 5 million illegal aliens in the United States, and they're flowing in on a minute-by-minute basis. This is an invasion. Democrats support the extremist abortion on-demand movement. I've talked about that. That was in my argument that you can't be a Christian Democrat because you can't claim Christianity at the same time you think it's okay to kill babies, sacrifice them to Moloch, because you find them to be inconvenient. They're going to change your life. They're going to, they're, you don't have enough money for another child. Or I mean, these are terrible arguments that you're just going to execute human beings because they cause a financial strain on your pocketbook. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, not gonna, you're not going to stop with executing young people. You're going to continue to execute others, old people, because they're putting a strain on your pocketbook. And now we see it's not just pro-abortion, it's pro-post-birth abortion, where they're arguing that you can, you can leave an infant to die in a cold steel pan in the operating room if it survived a botched abortion. Because your intent was to kill it before it was born, and therefore your intent trumps the reality of this living, breathing, moving, crying, kicking, screaming baby. Just let it die. That's what Democrats believe. The United States suffered humiliation under the Democrats in Af- Af- Afghanistan. Excuse me, in Afghanistan, one of the worst foreign policy defeats in American history, quite frankly. And our enemies in Russia and Iraq and China see that we are weak. They're laughing at us. You know that, and so do I. They're laughing at us. We're weak and effective because we have a mentally challenged president who can't communicate. And now we've elected a senator from Pennsylvania who's even worse? Our enemies laugh. I mean, we're more interested in trans rights in the military than we are in training up a an army, navy, marines, air force, coast guard that understands how to fight and win a war. So here's my point. This was one of the best political environments that we could ever have dreamed for, if you're a conservative. All this information that I just shared with you, 80% of Americans dissatisfied with the direction of the country. Only four in six Americans actually approve of the president's performance. Fewer than that. 38% approve of the vice president's performance. Americans in survey after survey after survey said the economy was the first thing on their list of concerns going into this election. And Joe Biden's economy is a complete and utter disaster. But yet, 
we have a squeaker rather than a red wave. And we still don't know, as I'm broadcasting right now, whether or not we'll even have the 50-50 split in the Senate. We could lose that in these runoffs. And why am I saying anything about Donald Trump? Well, conservatives had a bold opportunity, aggressive, an aggressive opportunity before us. It was ours for the taking. And we needed leadership that recognized that. Leadership that was focused on principles, not persons. My takeaway from the election on Tuesday was this. Conservatives still win. Conservatism still wins. But not Trumpism. There's a difference between conservatism and Trumpism. Oklahoma is an example, and Florida is another. DeSantis crushed it in Florida. Stitt did very well in Oklahoma. Why? Because they're true, principled conservatives. They, they understand conserving the Constitution, conserving truth, conserving freedom, conserving liberty, conserving private property, conserving the right to bear arms, conserving the right to go to church, the right to shop, conserving your personal liberties as being higher and above any government agenda. DeSantis and Stitt understand this. And as the result, they won handily. Now, I argued before the election that I was worried about Oklahoma because it's the canary in the coal mine. And that if Oklahoma went down to Joy Hoffmeister and the dark money of George Soros and all of the efforts of the left, then that was a harbinger of things to come for the entire country. I, I still think that we are that canary, but fortunately I was wrong in my concerns and my prediction that Stick could lose. Fortunately, Oklahomans still have enough common sense to keep the canary alive to pump out the noxious gases from the coal mine rather than to just obliv remain oblivious to them and inhale them and die. The same is true in Florida. Florida, which has been a purple state, a swing state, is now reliably red with Ron DeSantis at the helm. The lesson I've learned, the take-home for me from the election, is that conservatives will win, but Trumpists are in trouble. And I'm thankful for Trump. Again, I'm thankful for him. I voted for him twice. I've defended him. I've defended my vote. I'll continue to defend my vote. But there comes a time when a leader needs to, in humility, step back and say, I did my job. I answered the call. I'm grateful for the accolades of those that followed. But I'm going to hand the baton to the next generation of leaders. I'm not going to hang on. I'm not going to continue to cling to the ring of power. Trump needs to step back, stop criticizing people like DeSantis. And he needs to get engaged in the Georgia race right now as a statesman and do everything in his power. He has $100 million in his war chest right now, and he spent less than $20,000 in the campaign season to support others. Mitch McConnell raised $200 million as compared to Donald Trump and spent the majority of that to support conservative Republicans. If the GOP chooses Donald Trump as our nominee in 2024, we'll get destroyed 
I really believe that. And I think that's what Tuesday taught us. We need to thank Donald Trump and honor him and celebrate his leadership. But we also need to recognize it's time to move on. The bottom line is Oklahomans proved me wrong on my concerns. But much of the rest of the country, like Georgia, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, New York, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I actually agree with some of the liberal comments out there, like Politico, NPR, and others. Trump gave the Senate, Trump gave the Democrats, I should say, the Senate. He gave the Senate to the Democrats in 2020. We have Raphael Warnock right now. We have Ossoff right now, two liberal senators, because Trump refused to engage at the level he should have for Purdue and for Loeffler. These two incumbent senators should have beat their opponents, but Trump stayed focused on himself rather than do what he should have done. He, shown, he should have thrown every bit of his energy, his time, and his money, and the kitchen sink into the Georgia races to assure that the American people benefited from a a majority of Republicans in the Senate, and it was within our grasp, just like this election was within our grasp. But not only did Trump continue to talk about himself back in 2020, he actually discouraged people as a result from voting at all because he led Georgians to believe that their votes wouldn't even matter so that they should just stay home. And many in the GOP did. We need to learn our lessons. It's time to move on to the next generation of leaders. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.